0: Hello, and welcome back to the Holistically Awakened podcast. I'm your host, Laurence. And today I have a clip from a live training I did inside of my private Facebook group. You can join inside the show notes if you're not in there already. And this is really all about why PCOS might be on the rise, why the severity of it might be increasing and the phenotypes and what causes it. So it's really looking at a, first of all, Research based, then also looking at really a holistic approach to why these things are happening, what we can do and more of an empowerment stance on it, which is what all of my programs and courses are about. About using what's happening as feedback and empowerment, instead of letting it define you and keep you small and as a victim and all of these kinds of things. So that's what I'm talking about today. I hope you enjoy it and please join us. I will be talking about the masterclass at the end and the link is in the show notes. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, so today we're gonna be talking about why PCOS might be on the rise and what might be contributing to the rising cases of PCOS as well as what causes it. So I wanna start from the beginning. Um, and really go into like what is PCOS to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, by the way, I'm Laurence. I am a holistic nutritionist, health coach, life coach, and I've been able to reverse my symptoms. I help women with PCOS reverse their symptoms using natural methods, holistic methods, but really getting to the root causes of what's going on instead of just band-aiding symptoms. So PCOS really is a multifactorial disorder. It arises from interactions between genetic, environmental, um, and intrauterine factors. We're going to get into these in more detail, but it is known that unhealthy lifestyle, diet, and infectious mediators can also increase the risk of PCOS and worsen phenotypes. And so this is where it's really important that we look at what are we eating? What are we doing? How are we living? Because this is really, really influential and we have a lot of control on this. And so this is the good news. And so when it comes to genetics, um, obviously there is a strongly dependent factor on genetics in terms of developing PCOS. However, epigenetics really do play a big role and can act as the trigger and worsen phenotypes. So we really want to look more of the epigenetic phenomenon, because that's where the present thinking is actually moving towards. And so there's also different influences of what happens, not just before your birth, but also in your day to day life. And so we actually see that only seven to eight percent of what happens to us is based on our genes. So this is super empowering. We don't have to be a victim to our genes. And over 90% of disease is a total reflection of our environment and our subconscious programming. And so this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. But um, according to Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, he looks at a lot of work around epigenetics. And he says that disease really comes down to the mind, so especially the subconscious mind. Trauma and toxins. So, this is where we really need to focus on those factors. And that's really adopting a truly holistic approach because it does involve all bodies, not just the physical body, but mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so when we look at the different factors that can influence the genes and how they express themselves, it's been reported that there is a dysfunction of the aromatase enzyme, specifically in many women with PCOS. So this aromatase P450 enzyme is responsible for converting androgens, so those male sex hormones like testosterone, into estrogens, but it appears that there is a deficiency in this conversion And so we're having these excess androgens that are not being converted into estrogens. And so this is a problem that can also be disrupted by things like glyphosate and toxins. The other thing we want to look at is environmental toxins. So there's more evidence now that postnatal and intrauterine um, exposure to environmental toxins are risk-linked to PCOS pathogenesis. And so There's also research showing that PCOS women are shown to have higher levels of toxins like the BPA. So that is a chemical that's found in many plastic consumer products and it's a synthetic compound, has mild estrogenic uh, effects. And so this has actually been shown to be found in higher amounts in the blood of women with PCOS versus control. And so BPA is the most widely studied one. However, there are a lot of different other chemicals that. also need to take into account there are really hundreds of chemicals and we really need to make sure that we are minimizing our exposure. And so there's really no end to how these endocrine disrupting chemicals can influence our health. They can increase the production of certain hormones, decrease the production of others, um, imitate hormones, turn one into another, interfere with hormone signaling, they can tell cells to die prematurely, they can c- compete with essential nutrients, they can bind to essential hormones, they can accumulate in organs. So it's really important that we are paying attention to what we're putting on our bodies, in our bodies, because these can be found in things like food, cosmetics, plastics, body care products, et cetera. And so I highly recommend using things like ewg.org, which is a great resource resource that you can use to really um, pay more attention to what's in your products, specifically beauty and body care. The other thing is exposure to androgens in utero. So there's evidence that supports hyperandrogenism Exposure in utero as a causative factor in the pathogenesis of PCOS, so basically meaning that we are exposed to high androgens while we're in the belly of our mother. The other thing is insulin resistance, so it's very prevalent in PCOS. Just it just play some role in the pathogenesis of PCOS. Insulin has been shown to, you know, do a lot of things like inhibit aromatase activity. This triggers more androgens to be produced. Um, it can also increase visceral fat production. It also can inhibit ovulation. So insulin resistance is something we absolutely need to control. Um, And then leaky gut and dysbiosis. So research is really coming out big time on gut health. And it's starting to discover just how important gut health gut health is for PCOS, finding changes in the gut microbiome being linked to the development of PCOS. And so women with PCOS actually have a microbiome with less diversity of beneficial microbes compared to non-PCOS women. And so this is actually, research is showing that if we have a state of dysbiosis, our gut microbiome can promote insulin resistance high androgens, chronic inflammation, metabolic syndrome contribute to development of PCOS um, through various mechanisms like influencing energy absorption, pathways of short-chain fatty acids, intestinal permeability, the brain-gut access, um, also increasing the risk of depression and anxiety, which are prevalent in PCOS women. So gut health is really everything. That's really the foundation to health. Everything really starts in the gut. So this is where gut healing is so important on any healing journey. And it's going to be very influential because it really impacts everything. It doesn't just stay in the gut. And so when we're looking at the history of PCOS, I want to share this because I think it's really interesting because thousands of years ago, because PCOS is not a new syndrome, it was um, said to be discovered in the Paleolithic hunter-gatherer area era about 50,000 years ago. And so it's said to be an ancient disorder. Um, And so during this time, it was actually more advantageous to women because uh, they had a greater chance of survival compared to non-peaceless women during these times, because they had an increased capacity to store energy during times of famine. They can go for longer times because obviously if there's food scarcity, um, unlike today, this is where they can actually have increased survival rates. They were also less fertile. So that meant they could space out childbirth. This means um, you know more attention and nurturing to their young, and then also higher survival rates because obviously pregnancy was more complicated during those days. Um, also shown to be stronger physically with greater bone density and muscle mass. So, this of course again supports survival outcomes in times of fight or flight. And it's actually shown that many Olympic athletes are said to have PCOS. So, as you can see, there are many advantages, and this is also um because there were also milder forms of PCOS. So the 21st century, unfortunately, doesn't really favor us PCOS women, but also in general, it doesn't favor health. And this is why we're seeing like a big epidemic of health issues, it's not just PCOS. And so this is where our environment has changed, but our genes haven't, and this is where epigenetics play really a big part. So what were really mild symptoms that actually played an advantage have become more problematic and led to more severe PCOS phenotypes and symptoms and i'm going to talk a little bit more about this in detail but why has this happened well we're seeing like sedentary lifestyle we're seeing circadian rhythm dysregulation chronic stress toxin, toxin exposure 24 7 access to core dense foods nutrient poor foods um, that we see in our society and so this is becoming the norm and so obviously our bodies have to react a certain way to this because this is not um, a normal sort of lifestyle that humans are meant to be living. And so, this is why lifestyle changes are so important. They make such a big difference in managing our PCOS. And it's something we absolutely need to manage and control. And so, you know, PCOS women during these Paleolithic era days were seen as these like super women. I still see us as super women. It's just about showing up for ourselves. And we have to look at PCOS. In a different light, because this can change how our PCOS manifests. Because we are really not meant to be living in this unhealthy fashion. We're supposed to really be working with our hormones, working with our natural rhythms. And so this is where it's really important to take this as feedback and empowerment to actually make the changes necessary, right? So this is what I teach in my programs and my course: empowering you to take care of yourself, of your body, take back control of your health and really ultimately so you don't have to be a victim to your genes, but instead you can influence them because you can absolutely reverse your PCOS symptoms. So this again goes back to epigenetics. So now I want to talk a little bit about why PCOS might be on the rise. This can be a number of different causes. This is not going to be an extensive list, but it's also about the severity of phenotypes and symptoms that has increased. And I think this is due to a number of reasons, some of that I'm going to talk about today. So we talked about poor dietary options. Our diet these days, the majority of foods that we have available promote insulin resistance, inflammation, blood sugar imbalances, a lot of stress on our system. And these are major factors and contributors in the PCOS pathogenesis and worsening of phenotypes. And as you can see, when we look at the different PCOS types, like insulin resistant type, inflammatory stress, these are also the foundations that we absolutely need to address in order to reverse our symptoms sedentary lifestyle. So this also increases inflammation and the risk of insulin resistance. So just being constantly sedentary, um, you know, it's not about doing like workouts all day long. It's about like moving around and literally just walking. These are things that we are meant to be active during our day and then, you know, sleep at night. And right now, most people are really not active at all because we really have everything that we need. And obviously with the pandemic, it's, sometimes a little harder as well. And so this definitely can impact our health. And so our bodies really are not meant to be in a constant marathon, specifically females. We're not meant to be constantly you know, doing intense exercises, but we are also not meant to be constantly sedentary because both of these are stressors. The third one I wanna mention is circadian rhythm dysregulation, something I see highly underrated, not talked about enough, um, but this is like everything. We really no longer live by our 24 hour clock. We really hack nature by using artificial lights. We use electronics all the time. We eat at late hours uh, while reducing our actual natural daylight exposure. And so this can completely dysregulate our whole circadian rhythm, our hormones, our wake sleep cycles. And women of PCOS have actually been shown to have documented dysfunction of their circadian rhythm. So this is associated with insulin resistance, obesity, gut problems, mood issues, increased risk of chronic disease, not to mention energy problems, sleep problems, because we need to have this in balance to be energized at the right times and then have a good night's sleep. One thing I want to mention is the importance of melatonin. So women of the PCOS may have subfunctioning melatonin receptors and melatonin is so important, it's not just about sleep, it's actually really powerful antioxidant, which can reduce the risk of cancers and oxidative stress and inflammation. And it's also so important for a sleep-wake cycle and circadian rhythm, but also reducing inflammation and oxidative stress, which is um, shown to be higher in PCOS women, and also a causative factor of all illnesses and disease. And so this is where we really need to be conscious of our lifestyle and make sure that we support our natural circadian rhythm, because it's not just about taking a supplement, it's about looking at making our own and really optimizing that. The Fourth one, I think I'm on number four. We're living largely based on a patriarchal system. So we're seeing a lot of masculine, feminine imbalances energetically, but then also um, physically. So we're really approaching health and almost everything in this masculine dominant approach of hustle and go harder. And even like diet wise, we're looking at a lot of like what's working for men and women are following that, like restricting more or like low carb, high intensity stuff. And this is really not benefiting the female physiology because we are different, that's just the biology of it. And so many women are continually following these masculine approaches to health and completely ignoring their infradium rhythm and their own cycles, which are unique. We have a different rhythm that men don't have, it's called the infradium rhythm. And so this is gonna follow our uh, female cycle, like our different cycle phases. And so this can increase, energetic feminine imbalances, but also physically impacting fertility, the menstrual cycle, and also possibly promoting these higher male sex hormones that are characteristic in PCOS. The next one we'll talk about is hormonal birth control. So many of us have been put on hormonal birth control from a young age. And this doesn't allow our reproductive system to properly mature and also promotes all sorts of imbalances that can promote um, PCOS type symptoms. So sometimes it's not PCOS, like this, um, this state of PCOS that's post birth control, and so it's like a temporary state. Um, but then we're also seeing a lot of these symptoms that can mimic PCOS and also make the pathogenesis, pathogenesis worse, such as promoting insulin resistance, increasing inflammation, depleting the microbiome, depleting nutrients, and more. And this has been shown through research that it does these things. So it's really not addressing the root cause, it's only... Acting as a band aid. And so, this is a problem we really need to look at. Um, if we are using hormonal birth control to treat hormonal symptoms, we're really not getting to the root cause, and this can actually make things worse. The other thing is 24 7 stress. So, we're constantly living on all the time, we're living in fight or flight. Like, we just never have time to pause. And it almost feels like not safe to actually pause because we're just constantly bombarded by these messages that we have to be going all the time. We can't be, you know, doing nothing. And we have so many responsibilities. And so this results in higher stress hormones, higher androgens, lowered sex hormones, impaired fertility, weight issues, mood imbalances, menstrual issues, and more. So living in this constant state of stress is very detrimental. And this can wreak havoc, especially on the female endocrine system, which is why stress management is so, so important. But a lot of the time, we just kind of like ignore it. Then the second and last one is toxins. So I think we talked a little bit about it already, but there are a number of environmental toxicants that can play a role in the inheritance of ovarian disease and contribute to the PCOS pathogenesis. So again, we really need to be mindful of what we can control that's coming in. Obviously we can't control everything in our environment, but there is a lot that we can do. And then the last one we'll talk about is compromised gut. So with the rise in toxins in our environment, pesticides, glyphosate, inflammatory oils, processed foods, stress, chronic use of medications like NSAIDs. It's not uncommon for intestinal permeability to arise, a state of dysbiosis, lack of good microbes, overgrowth of pathogens like parasites and yeast. And these can result in chronic inflammation, but also um, insulin resistance, high androgens, cysts, hormonal imbalances, increased risk of autoimmune disease, et cetera. And so this is why gut healings I talked about is such an important part of healing any condition but really so important in pcos um, and so it's really important that we really work on gut healing i spent a lot of time healing my gut at the beginning of my journey and it was just like an incredible influence on my health and now i'm in a completely different place because i was really able to do that deep inner healing yeast um, candida overgrowth all of these problems with eating foods, couldn't eat anything without reacting. So it really took that healing to be able to now eat so many more foods and not have all of these problems that not are not only just um, staying in the gut, but they're also systemic, right? So this is where we wanna look at empowering ourselves to look at, there are a lot of things that can really shift our genes and how they express themselves and what we experience, not only as a, from a PCOS standpoint, but also in terms of our health, our well-being, and so I encourage you to look at these lists. If you need to go back, you can listen to the the episode. Um, about really, looking at well, what are where are the places where I really need to focus my attention? What are the little things I can do to shift here? And if you'd like to dive deeper, I will be hosting a live masterclass on the seventeenth of January at eleven a.m. PST. And this is going to be going deeper into managing PCOS holistically. What are these foundations we need to address? What does that mean, you know, looking at the insulin resistance, the inflammation piece, circadian rhythm, the toxins, subconscious, like all of these factors that are absolutely essential to managing our PCOS and reversing these symptoms. So it's going to be a complete masterclass. Please come with your questions if you can join live. Otherwise, you can also message me. I will answer any questions on there. I will put a link in the comments and show notes if you're on the podcast um, so that you can sign up. It's completely free and I would love to see you there. Thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys next time.